Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, Life Uncloseted family, welcome back to another episode where we go deep into those closets of life and then we step out of them. And I know that for some of you might find yourselves making those excuses and allowing those fears to really truly hold you back from things you most want to do in life, but that's something we all do. And that's what I consider living life in the closet. But wouldn't you rather dump those excuses and face your fears and truly come out and live that unapologetic life? Of course you would. So I just want to make sure you don't forget, if you really want to do something like that, you might want to hop on over to nofearsnoexcuses.com, take that little unapologetic life assessment and see what you can find out about moving your life forward. In fact, Today, we're going to talk about moving your life forward, moving it out of something that most of us would go, really, I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave my life this way and then go do something completely crazy and different. And for some people, they go, no way, no, how would I do this? But I'm so lucky to have met my guest. Her name is Ashley Gann. She is the chief meteorologist for CBS 42 in Birmingham, Alabama. And we got to know each other through another program that I coach in. And I've been her coach through that program. Then we got to talking about different things. And then she dropped this interesting little bombshell that I'm not going to reveal yet. I'm going to let her kind of take us into that story where she and her husband and kids kind of made a, a really big change in their life. And I know based on the conversations that Ashley and I have had, it really was a coming out of her own closet to go, hey, I kind of like what we just did and we're making it work. And um, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation because it's going to open our eyes to what is really possible when we let loose of the expectations and we say, I actually can let go of things. So Ashley, welcome to Life Uncloseted Podcast. We've been talking about doing this for a while and here we are. It's actually Yeah, I can't believe it. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be fun. And I'm already nervous because she's like a professional TV person. So I really got to be on my P's and Q's here. And but remember, sure you're my coach. Right. Everything I learned, I learned from you. Uh, yeah. So um, first of all, we're so thankful because it's been, we are recording this after a really big weekend of weather in your yes. area. So things are good and calm down. So that's good to hear. But um, Very thankful. You kind of went through a little storm of life too. Like suddenly you made some big decisions and that's yeah. why we have you here. So kind of, kind of build that backstory of, you know, what was going on and then suddenly you and your husband made a big transition. Well, I'll first start with this. If given an opportunity to just tweak one little thing about your life and the result could be, let's fill in the blank, more time with your family, more money in your bank account, more happiness more joy, mm -hmm. more time to spend with others, would you do it? So that was kind of the impetus for the big life change that we made. We were asking ourselves all these questions. And so we decided on a bit of a leap of faith with some structure to move our family of five into an RV. 
We decided to sell our suburban home. Now we did sell some things, give some things away and packed up some of the larger pieces of furniture and storage. So we didn't completely downsize. The expectation is that we will eventually go and buy a house one day and, you know, all those things. But for now, we are cozy and comfortable and Mm -hmm. incredibly happy in our little life in the woods. That's awesome. So let's give people some context. Your kids are age range from what age to what age? So five, four, and one. Okay. So I wanted that to come forward because I, I mean, I really would have been bowing down to Ashley going, okay, you got teenagers and you're doing this. <laughs> no, you, no. Have, you are better. As I've said, what I'm doing is not for everyone in right. the season of life. We're doing it is very unique. And I yes. don't think that outside of this short season, we could really manage this otherwise. They're compact right now. Right. But even at this season, there's, I'm sure there's challenges because this is a season where they're all kind of like antsy and active, wanting to do stuff all the time. So that's got to present some really big challenges at times for you guys. Cause here we are in this, I mean, I don't know how, how big is the RV? So let's talk about that. It is 42 feet long. It's got two bedrooms, two full baths. I mean, I will say we're not shirking on space. So we're a little bit spoiled. I'd call it glamping. We have a uh, residential size refrigerator and freezer and an island with a full sink. So, I mean, we definitely have a lot of amenities. I, I am not one to get cozy with nature. I like the woods, but I like looking at the woods from my climate controlled RV out my big window. High five, me too. Okay, <laughs> so we'll call it. I was glamping. having this conversation this last weekend with some some new friends, and they're like, "Oh, we should go camping," and I'm like, "Not in a tent." Mm, well, <laughs> as long as it's maybe glamping, that would work for me. But I gotta have my bed. I have to have my pillow. Uh, yes, I at and least there's... have to have somewhere I can go take a shower. And they're like, "Oh, no, wait." I'm like, "Well, mm-hmm. you know." more power to you yeah when I, I have to have running water that stuff but it's just no it's not and I do love being outdoors but it is something that I'm like mm, you know and I'm not that old but you know I'm to the place where it's like hey the aches and pains are bad enough sleeping in a normal bed these days let alone right purposely torturing yourself so uh, but my kids and to your point about being small and being active the one good thing is we can just open the door and let them run around outside my son loves to start little fires so we let him go get sticks in the woods and he comes back and we've been staying at state parks and we've just met so many people from all over the u.s it has been so neat to be and actually north america we had some Mm -hmm. folks from canada come down the other day eh? and uh, they were (laughs) they were fabulous so i just feel like we've got to meet new people and just kind of like have all these experiences, but just have them in our own backyard. And it's, it's really cool. Well, it is very unique. And I think some people miss this concept that, and and I'm always, I'm not going to knock anybody for how they want to do their life, but I think it's so important for all of us, but especially kids to get exposed to many different things. Mm Mm-hmm because it helps him see the world through a completely different lens. Now, my childhood was a little crazy because we moved a lot. And everybody goes, oh, your dad was in the military. No, but we just moved a lot. My dad was a contractor, so he kind of moved wherever the building booms were going. And, you know, I, I would say for the first, pretty much through grade school, elementary school, all that sort of stuff on up through middle school, high school, yeah, we were moving about every four years. So I... Mm. Wasn't as bad as a military kid because I at least would get settled pretty good. And then it's like, okay, here's the next juncture of your education. So Mm -hmm. it made kind of sense. Right. But 
it helped me really begin to accept things in life and to see things. And what you just described is really cool because having been in the RV industry, so you and I talked about mm -hmm. that offline, you know, a few weeks ago, I get that whole experience of you get to meet so many people and sometimes you get to meet them because you're the stationary piece, but then everybody around you moves in and out all the yep. time. But then there's the other piece of it that when you do take the RV on the road and go, okay, we're going to go here, we're going to go here for the holidays, or we're going to go just take a trip, then you become that mobile piece where you get to take your family into mm -hmm. those experiences too, which isn't super unique, but it is in a way because you're going into environments where everybody's coming from different places and, and they have different RVs and different ways of doing camping and all this stuff. So it's very unique. Oh, yes, yeah. you can get it in a hotel experience too, but I find it so empowering to give kids that mm -hmm. view of the world. Oh yeah. You know, and let them experience that sort of stuff. And it's even been fun for them just to like, as this very small parenting token, you know, just like teaching them manners and how to speak to adults and look them in the eye. Yeah. What an opportunity to meet strangers, essentially new people and give them that opportunity every single day to meet someone new and practice mm -hmm. those, those little soft skills that we yeah. want to take into adulthood. Cause I made the comment to my husband, this was only like three or four weeks into our RV living experience. And I said, do you realize I've talked to more people or we have talked to more people in the last three to four weeks than we've talked to in our neighborhood in the last month. And it's because in our suburban little worlds, even urban worlds, you know, we yeah. get so comfortable with our four walls and the busyness of life. We're just going in and out of our front door. We may throw up a hand and say hi to our neighbor as we're racing out to get groceries and, right. um, and passing them, but you're not making, you know, a valuable attempt at like digging in deep with your next door neighbor anymore. But yet there's something about being in a state park and it's all you've got, you know, there's yes. not as many TVs, there's not as much technology and you just have each other. And so it, people just go for a walk with their dog and, or people have fires at night and you just kind of walk walk up and chat and have conversation. And it's just, it's fun. But again, just small little parenting token. It's been able yeah. to give my kids an opportunity to try to practice talking to grownups. And that's been great. But it is this interesting piece that by uncloseting yourself into this environment, you're giving them something that is almost a lost art in this day and age, because we're so focused in our social media worlds and our yes. phones and all this stuff that to go out and have a conversation with someone and what you just described about your own neighborhood. My husband and I live in a townhome. We moved, we did kind of similar to what you did, but we did it like, okay, we had a huge house. Now we really downsized to like a townhouse. We made the move here to central coast, California, but our townhouse is on the end of the unit <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it's the only, you know, ours is the one that you kind of, you have to kind of like walk around everybody else's to come to our front door. There's only like, there's two ways to get to our front door. Well, most people come around one corner, so there's no interaction that we would normally mm -hmm. have with our neighbors because we don't ever go out the front door to go around to do it. We go get in our car in the garage, back out and we go. Mm -hmm. Yes, every once in a while we see the neighbor across from us. And the ones next to us, but it's the, hey, hi, how you doing, yep. you know? And I find it so interesting that I'm a pretty dang social person, but I really love like, okay, I just come, I do my thing. And then mm -hmm. recently, in the past, I would say probably three months, they suddenly, the association has put up some signs that says, hey, on Monday night, and it was actually this past Monday night, 
we're having a meet your neighbor get together sort of thing. And I found myself going, I'm not going to that. <laughs> you know? And I thought, well, why am I not going to this? You know, why wouldn't I? And, but we still haven't gone, you know? And yeah. so I think what you're encouraging in your kids is here's a way to be social as well as whatever other social interactions they get. And it kind of, I'm going to use the word forces them to, Hey, there's the woods, go have some fun, go do some things, which yeah. most kids now are like, go have some fun, get on your computer, get on your phone and mm -hmm. just stare at it. You yeah. know? So, so I'm curious where you're at with your RV living currently. So do you have a TV? So funny you asked. So I, we actually have more TVs in our RV than we had in our house, <laughs> but we only had one TV in our home. So just kind okay. of like backing up in our house, we didn't have TVs in any of the bedrooms as a rule. Okay. So we just had one in the living space and then we had one outside in our patio, an outdoor television. Right. Well, when we moved in, the RV itself already came with two. Okay. We brought our outdoor TV. So that made three. Okay. So I mean, we've got three TVs now and, and you know, one's in our bedroom and we haven't had one since we've been married. We're like, well, this is kind of fun. So now what we do is like a movie night and the kids think it's just so fun and all the kids will pile onto our bed and we watch oh, them cool. watch a movie, you know, we, cause we just hook up Apple TV. We don't have yeah, cable yeah. or anything. And so uh, we have internet, but we'll just hook up Apple TV and, and the kids will have a movie night. It's fun. Yeah. You know, we, we have it, we have TV, but <laughs> we don't have cable. We, yeah. we, we kind of gave that up even when we were living in, you know, Southern California, we're like, no, no cable. We do have the Apple fire stick. Uh -huh. Um, our daughter has Hulu, so we share, she shares her Hulu with us. We share Netflix with her, Yeah. but you know, if somebody starts to talk about network TV, I'm like, mm. I know, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, you know, which is okay. Um, the irony there's a, is it, there's it, a couple it pays of them that bills. show up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Know. Well, it pays my bills and I don't even have cable. So just right. don't tell my boss that, you yeah, know, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we do have an antenna. I always say we always have an antenna in case there's severe weather. Then that way sure. we can see our local folks. But so what's uh, been the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge. Let's see. I honestly, this might be surprising. So where we are is actually pretty central, but because we're inside the interior of a state park, it takes a little while to get mm -hmm. out of it. There's only like two way, like there's an intro, a front gate and a back gate, but the back gate's the shortcut, but it closes, mm -hmm. opens and closes at certain times. And so um, our biggest challenge is that we have to take the long way in. So we've just had to plan a little extra time. So it's, sure. that's probably our only biggest challenge is just time management from that standpoint, the kids right. where they go to school, we could literally walk there from our previous house. Okay. So we've just had to add on. So like now my kids have been like the late kids. I'm like, okay, right. sorry, I'll get it together. <laughs> I promise. But, um, otherwise that's, you know, I was thinking, oh gosh, you know, cooking or we're going to be on top of each other, but none of those things that I thought were going to be issues mm -hmm. have really been issues yet. Now we've done this about three months. I even told my husband, I said, listen, the second that we just walk in one day and we're like, we miss our house. We'll get another house. We'll figure it out. We're, we're, sure. we're looking to build a house. I mean, something would happen, but we haven't even hit that yet mm -hmm. every day. And not only that, but it's almost been the opposite of just like it brings so much joy and peace. And, you know, talking about the kids being able to be outside, I even feel safer sometimes with them there than I felt with them 
in the front yard at the house in the mm. neighborhood. So it's just kind of interesting. Uh, just it's been a more relaxed atmosphere. My husband and I are both somewhat, we, we own a business as well, but it's almost a place we can just come home to at the end of the day and just kick our feet up and just take mm. a deep breath. We don't hear cars driving by. It just seems, you know, and I, I also said to my other friends, there's no keeping up with the Joneses in yeah, the woods. Exactly. And it's kind of amazing the mind shift that happens in only 90 days when you you kind of embrace this kind of Mm -hmm. new concept of living yeah you know one of the new concepts we had to embrace was and i love where we live we live in san luis obispo california no people i'm not going to tell you exactly where we live because i don't need anybody (laughs) to talk to me (laughs) Um, but um there are no drive-thrus of any kind on and there's very few fast food restaurants so there's no drive-thrus in this town the majority of restaurants close at nine o'clock and people are like, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, <laughs> you just work around it. You know, yeah. it's like it's a different, yes, it is a little bit of a different life. There are times that I'm like, man, it'd be kind of nice to be able to go. And there are, I'm not saying like everything is shut down, but it's very limited. And, and it's kind of surprising because we're a college town too. So I'm like, I don't know how they're dang, dang college kids survive <laughs> because I know when I was in college, if I couldn't go out at two o'clock at night and get my munchies, there was something wrong. You know? Right. But there are a few, I mean, yes, there's the Jack in the box and there's the Taco Bell and you know, those, but even those, there are times that they close like at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, wow. we're college kids, you know, what are they doing? <laughs> They're hungry. But um, I have found it really just relaxing it and, is. and less stressful. And not that we used all that stuff a lot, but even, even for me, and, and I, I used to be a big clothes person and I'm not as much anymore, but there's nowhere for me as a guy to really shop. I mean, I'm stuck with, I shouldn't say stuck, but I am kind of <laughs> stuck with Kohl's or Target at this point. You know, there's yeah. nothing else. There's not a big mall here. And I even find that really relaxing because it's like, okay, well, you know, hey, I'll figure it out, you know, and right. you adapt if you you're willing. That's the key. I think if you're willing, you'll find a way to adapt to this stuff. And absolutely, um, one of the blessings has been kind of similar to you guys is if I had to do without a car, I could probably do it in this town mm-hmm. because I could walk out of my house right now, walk across the street over to the train tracks where the train goes through the surf liner and all that, the Amtrak. I could be to downtown area in probably less than 20 to 30 minutes. Oh, so wow. I could literally walk, get my exercise. And I, I would feel comfortable going and walking even down that walk and bike path at nine or 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be uncomfortable with it. And I think those are the things you start, as you said, oh, we just let the kids go out and play outside. Well, you know, in this day and age, that yeah, can be kind can... of a scary thing. Yes. Right? So I think the possibilities that some people would put in front of them, oh, I could never do this. They forget to go. But what could you do? Right. Or I ask people, why couldn't you? And that's, I think that's the trigger question. Well, why not? Because the first thing people think is, well, all my stuff, like, how do you live? And then you think, so one thing that I've even learned, I mean, we pared down our closet tremendously, but it's amazing. Even with what I thought that I needed, I haven't worn a few of the things I even brought with me and I'm already paring down what I pared Mm -hmm. down. It Mm -hmm. has been life-changing. My husband and I can fit 
all of our clothes and shoes. Now, mind you, my husband has far more shoes than I do as a side note. <laughs> and he also wears a size 13 shoe. He's fit, okay. six foot six. So <clears> he <throat> needs a lot of space for his shoes. He's got multiple, you know, lots right, of shoes right. and big feet. So, uh, but all that to say, I mean, all of our clothes fit in a closet in an mm -hmm. RV in our bedroom, you know, with room to spare at that. So, I mean, it's just been, it's been eye-opening. It's been eye-opening to what you really do need and what mm -hmm. you really can use. I have really changed my mindset on the whole idea of like buying something just because it's on sale. How yep. about I just buy it when I need it? Yes. And you know, if I'm not going to buy it when I need it, if I, if I didn't need it at full price, I don't need it at a sale price either. Right. Unless there's something very specific yeah. that I'm looking for. But now I'm sure you're, you're not probably having this problem like I do, because I know you've got to, you've got to have outfits to wear on, on the newscast and everything on a regular basis. But for me, <laughs> Being a speaker, I've gone completely the opposite direction. It's like, okay, I'm not speaking as often. So, I mean, you know, you, you've sat with me numerous times on coaching sessions and in the group coaching sessions we do through Booked and Paid to Speak. And I'm pretty cash. I mean, I mean, sometimes I'm in a t-shirt. Sometimes I'm just in a sweatshirt. Other times I might have like an, maybe a button down shirt on, but that's it. But I don't really have anything other than t-shirts and sweatshirts. <laughs> so when suddenly it's time to go do something like Friday, I've got to go do a professional gig. I'm like, well, damn. Um, <laughs> I gotta go get something. And, and then I'm like, but I can't go buy anything because there's not the options that I need. So right. that's when we make these little trips like we're getting ready to make. We're making a trip to LA this weekend for, you know, we, we do have our little like, okay, let's just go escape this. And then we go into the drudgeries of, you know, the crazy freeways and everything. And I can already tell you, we'll get to LA and within an hour, I'll be like, can we just I want to go home. Yeah. I just wanna go. <laughs> Even though I know we're going to have a great weekend, we're going to see some shows. We're going to have some nice meals, see some friends, but we'll make that time to go. Okay. <laughs> kind of like if you were living in, out in the wilderness of Alaska, you know? right? Like, okay. We go buy everything we need. But even then I'm very conscious of what yep. we buy yep. because we don't have a huge amount of space, nor do we want to clutter it up with mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. In fact, we were out looking for a pot for a plant that we have that does need to go into a new pot. And I, I know if we had been looking for that five years ago with our 3000 square foot home and our beautiful backyard with the pool. And if I would have seen two or three pots that I'm like, ah, ah, let's just get these. We'll, we'll find some plants to put in them. Right. Get them all. Yeah. Not anymore. It's like, no, we are looking for this one pot for this one plant. And, and yes, we're like, do we need any other pots that do we have any other plants that actually need some? Nope. And I, it's been so interesting to watch my mindset shift mm -hmm. to, Hmm, do we really need this? Yeah. And if I buy something, and I know a lot of people do this, but I think when you do move into these confined spaces, you actually think about if I'm buying this, what is going to get rid of? What is going to go away? Yeah. Bought some new pans over the holidays. And I'm like, okay, well, these are brand new. Why are we going to keep the old ones? Let's mm -hmm. donate them out to Goodwill. Even though they're decent, they're still usable. I'm like, yep. if we buy, we get rid of. Yeah, that was my husband. But you know, sometimes I might <laughs> think about it, you know, but um, I think it is those interesting things. And I'm sure living in an RV, it's the same thing. It's like, do we need to bring this in and clutter up our space? Yeah. And I don't know if this is just a Southern thing or other people do this, but like, 
we have been taught by our mamas down here in the South. Okay, mm-hmm. after Christmas sale, you need to go buy all of your Christmas paper and napkins, all of the paper products for entertaining for next year, next year. and buy them at 90% off. Go right. ahead and stock your cupboard and make yeah. sure that you have it all. And I cannot tell you. And so what I did is I would buy Rubbermaid bins and I mm-hmm. would have them divided by season, Easter, Halloween, yep. Christmas, Thanksgiving. And I just amassed so much stuff Stuff. just because it was on sale and i'm like i might use that red fort that has glitter in it for valentine's day one year you know and i'm like unbelievable so well one thing we have done is we've gone through all of our paper products first now we're kind of minimizing that um and then we're we're using our, our plastic after that but you know even that like i mean not to get on a whole like we've reducing our, our carbon our footprint, footprint and all, and all that. that but like yeah, yeah. i mean that's even just been refreshing to feel like you know this is just it just feels better you know you're not running your electricity as much you're not running your propane as much and mm-hmm. it just it's it's simpler and it it's interesting that you bring that up because my daughter we did had to do kind of like a car exchange today because hers had been in the body shop and i was i had a rental car but she had to work today and my husband needed my car. So, I mean, it was like, okay, well, how am I going to return the rental car and pick up her car and all this? And of course, you know, enterprise, they'll take you anywhere. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm going to go to the car rental. They'll take me to pick up the car, all this sort of stuff. So I said, Hey, come over after you get off work and get your car because I'm going to be recording the podcast starting at four. And, um, you know, I need you to come and get it before four. So there's no doors opening and slamming and all this stuff. Well, she texted me after she got off work and, and she goes, well, am I coming to, you know, typical teenager? I've already, <laughs> already said all this. Oh, okay. So I'll see you at the car shop in a little bit. No, <laughs> you said you couldn't go to the car shop. So I took care of all this. If you could have gone to the car shop, we would have just left it there. You know, this sort of thing. <laughs> and she goes, okay, well, I'm just walking home from work. And I'm like, well, why are you walking home? You have a car. Well, I don't want to be spending money to pay for parking downtown. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then when she got here, I'm like, so if you're concerned about money, because she's in college, I'm like, if you're concerned uh-huh. about money for parking or, you know, and she's having to do some other stuff where she's using a lot of gas right now, just tell me what you need. No, I just, I want to walk because A, I don't want to pay for it. It's a waste of money. And, you know, I need the exercise. I'm like, okay, this is, this is how they think these days. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And it was really refreshing to hear her say that, you know, because I'm very kind of very addicted to my car. Uh And when I think about this community where I live, if I really, I mean, not this time of year, because it's a little bit cold, nothing like what you guys go through, but it's, it's chilly. I could ride my bike to the gym. No, no big deal. I could ride my bike pretty much all over this city at any given time but I'm not doing it. But as after she said that I hadn't thought about that, I'm like, Oh, I really should think about doing this. And, and my husband's getting new, hopefully getting an, a different sort of job where he could do that. And I thought this could be really interesting if we go, okay. So if we bike a lot of places, a bye, bye little belly. <laughs> and wow, I could actually probably reduce a whole lot of gas too. So I'm curious, yeah. have you seen, well, obviously, well, I'm going to assume that you've seen some expenses go down too by saying, hey, we're trading in the house for the RV and like day-to-day stuff. Have you seen that go down? Yeah. So basically what we spend on utilities and our only debt is to the RV. So we do right. pay that monthly payment, uh, but otherwise no, no other debt. But 
basically the combination between the payment for the RV and our uh, just payment to the campsite for the month is less than what our mortgage was. So we've shaved off a few hundred dollars on yep. the mortgage. We now no longer pay utility. Basically what we paid in utilities yep. is I think our payment for the RV. So those wow. have netted out net zeroed. And then, so we've opened up six, 700 extra bucks a month, maybe, you know, just, just in changing out those payments yeah. alone and, you know, talking and, and talking about just that freedom. I mean, what we hope to do. So originally we're like, okay, we'll just do this as long as we can bear right. and then we'll figure out, but now we're like, okay, this is, this is doable. Like we have yeah. done this and, and actually been very comfortable and surprisingly happy. Let's kind of put a goal to this. And what we can do is project out financially how much we would save. And our kind of goal is to buy a house in cash, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, yeah. and really never have to be in debt again. Now, I know we can get into the whole financial. Oh, it's better yeah, to put yeah, some yeah. down and pay. I mean, okay, we'll do whatever's the best, you know, sure. financial projection, but by and large, we want to make sure that whatever we do next is not going to be something we sink money into. We may figure out a different way to pay for it, but you know, over time or in one lump sum, but ideally we would like to be able to just have the comfort of being debt free with the mm -hmm. idea in mind that we want to send our kids to college one day that's yep. expensive and that's only getting more expensive. You yep. know, we want to be able to take our kids on big trips when they're in high school. And so we kind of look at our long-term goals and we're saying we can make adjustments in the short term so that we can have those long-term goals. Absolutely. And so many people that I know, because I, I, I know a lot of people in this kind of community of independent, you know, location independent kind of lifestyles, or they're living in tiny houses and it isn't just like we're doing this because oh let's do this this sounds really cool for now no there's actually a strategy absolutely behind everything they're doing a young uh younger friend of mine who lives here in town um that i've known for a few years he moved back to town i didn't even know that he had grown up here and that his parents lived here so it was kind of interesting crossing paths and i'm like oh wow you're living here he and his girlfriend um just recently came back from six months out on the road just they mm -hmm. kind of did the whole we're going to, they bought a, a little camper and kind of just went out and wherever they landed, they landed. And now that they're back, their goal is we'd really like to get a tiny house. And we're talking to a couple of different people in the area about potentially kind of doing the least to own land by where they could mm -hmm. potentially put their tiny house and then three or four making like a little tiny house community Yeah. with the whole concept being, if we can make this happen by the time they would get four other tiny houses on the property, they're basically living for free. That's yep. the concept. And I, I think some people look at like what you're doing or even like what we did, like, Oh my God, we went from a 3000 square foot house down to boom and go, Oh, I could never do that. Well, you probably yes, could, you could, but you got to do it because it's some, there's a long-term goal. You know, and it's a, always, it's like the Simon Sinek thing. What's your right. why, right? Yeah, your so why? you have to know, you have to know why you're doing it. So our why is what's compelling us to Absolutely. do this. And, you, you know, and I, but I do think for a lot of people, it, for us, I mean, I think there's a lot of mental wellness in it because one of the things we did, so I have a good friend of mine, she actually helps people with organization, but she, her background is in psychology and she was seeing patients and she realized 
that over 70% of the cases that she would deal with with anxiety were results of the clutter in the home. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of amazing when you really peel back all the layers of the onion, it, it presents as other things, but then when you really get to the root of it, it's like, how do you live at home? And she said, all those clients. So she said she wanted to nip it in the bud. So she kind of got out of psychology of being a psychiatrist and she went into organizing people's spaces because she, she realized the importance of mental wellness and how that starts really in the home. And so that's a whole nother piece to it. Yeah. I can't tell you how much we decluttered and it physically was freeing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like, Oh yay, my closet's empty. It was a, I physically felt my shoulders were lighter because right. of the things that we got rid of. It helps you to emotionally sort through things. We hold mm -hmm. on to things because we think, oh, this is that porcelain rose that Aunt Betty had at such and such birthday. Like, you know, I, I, I'm no offense, Aunt Betty, but like, right. I don't need that porcelain rose. I took a picture, put it yeah. in a picture book, and you move on. Yeah. You know, when we got ready, oh, I don't think it was when we got ready to move because it happened before that. But so my grandparents... My grandfather moved off the farm from Colorado. I don't know. I can't even remember all the dates at this point, but probably about Back eight in the years day. ago. Yeah. Okay. And he moved to a retirement community. He lived in, in Western Colorado. So he moved into his little town to a small senior living center. He was still very much of mind and body and all that stuff was good. And then he finally realized, you know, I think I want to come to California. But when he went from the farm to the community, everything got sold, right? And one of the things that I was being given as a grandchild was the piano. And I'm like, oh, cool. I really want this piano. And I thought it was worth like all this money because it was beautiful, you know, ornate, mm -hmm. you know, upright piano. And then once I paid for it to get shipped from Colorado and started looking around, I'm like, oh, well, this thing's only worth like 150 bucks. <laughs> but <laughs> it was worth everything from you know the memories and it's right. where it's part of it's a piano that i learned to play the piano on and all this sort of stuff and as the years went by this piano just kind of it sat in our house neither of my kids were interested in really doing the piano thing which i wasn't ever i was never going to force them into it because i was kind of forced into it even though i did enjoy playing the piano but suddenly that piano <laughs> became the big elephant in the room it's like what am I going to do with this? But I feel bad if I get rid of it, but yep. yet I don't really want it. Yeah. I don't really need it. And I went for a solid year, like, what am I going to do with this? And, you know, I went from the guilt and the shame to come on, Rick, be practical, guilt, shame, practical, get. Yeah. Finally, I said, you know what, let's just see what I can sell it for. And I knew it wasn't getting a lot of money because I'd already gone online and seen what they were selling for. And of course the universe delivered a young guy who wanted a piano just like that was so desperate for it. And he said, is it, he, he, I remember the phone call. He called me, he goes, I saw you had this piano for sale. Please, please, please tell me you still have it. And I said, yeah, I still have it. And he goes, okay, but here's the thing. I really want it, but I can only get you half the money right now. And I'll get you the other half in like three weeks. Now I'd already been kind of scammed on something about this piano, which I won't even go into, but it was one oh, of gosh. scams where I, we actually ended up, I actually ended up being responsible for somebody getting caught and going to jail and all this sort of stuff. So not that I'm really proud of it, but yeah, I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I said, I could tell by the excitement in his voice. And I said, you know what? Why don't you come look at it? I want to make sure you really want this. And mm -hmm. I remember the day he walked in 
And he looked at it and he's just like, oh my God. He goes, I would love to have this piano. Just have something that I could just really work on my music and everything on. He goes, everybody's offered me these other ones because there's just something about the tone of these old upright pianos and everything. And I thought, okay, is he really in this? I said, you said you had half. So I said, could you swing? And I don't even, because I think I ended up selling it for like $300 or something like that. I said, instead of 150, could you swing 175? Because I wanted to just see if he was like really serious. And I probably would have been totally cool if he never paid more than that. And he goes, oh, absolutely. And he goes, I promise you. He goes, I will call you at the end of each week so that you know I'm still coming. I said, okay. You know, I said, but you don't really have to do that. And I said, I'm really, really willing to do that. And I was at such peace because of that, because mm-hmm. it's like it went somewhere that was really important. That Absolutely. was the thing. Yeah. And I think when we look at the stuff that we collect, and it's so funny that we're having this conversation because over Christmas, <laughs> I was like straightening up my office. And of course, we'd have the kids here and all this sort of stuff. So we have this, my office is the second bedroom. We have a Murphy bed. So that gets put, you know, goes up and down depending on visitors, all that stuff. As I was getting ready for them to be here, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have stuff in my office here. And I'm like counting my tripods. I'm like, why the hell do I have three tripods? This makes <laughs> no sense. And as I folded them up, I'm like, okay, a couple of these are going to go bye-bye. They're going to go bye-bye yeah. really, really soon. And I learned so much from this. And it seems like, Ashley, that's what you're saying too, is you've learned so much from the mm-hmm. ability to let go. Yes. And let it just be. And, and I think a key thing too is letting go of other people's standards of us because we went to college, we graduated, we got married, we had babies, we bought a house because why? That's what the American dream tells you you're supposed to do. But what the American dream fails to tell you is a lot of people do that. They incur debt, they're unhappy, they have mental stress, there's anxiety. And then you're all of a sudden keeping up with the Joneses and it's a whole nother layer of comparison. And I think what it has really shown us is that one, we're super confident in who we are. You know, we know we're doing something totally different than the rest of the world, but we've been so happy doing it together. It has been a sweet bonding experience for our family. I think it's brought us a lot closer and it's also made us prioritize our time And it's made us really do an inventory of that. I think that's one of the other key takeaways is that I want everyone who's listening to this to think about how much time you really spend in your house. And I'm not saying if you spend less than a certain amount of time, go sell your house. That's not what I'm advocating for. Mm -hmm. But think about it. Like for me and me and my husband work non-traditional hours. His is more traditional. I work non-traditional hours. But when I leave and I take the kids to school in the morning at 8 a.m., sometimes I don't come back home until 11 o'clock at night between dropping kids off, doing errands, getting to work. And I thought, oh my goodness, my house that I'm paying a mortgage on is literally a glorified sleeping bag or a glorified yep. hotel at that mm-hmm. point, you know, um, instead of a mini fridge, I have a residential fridge. Yep. So, you know, it makes you think and you're like, yeah, I really could for a season. I could live without everything. Cause you walk into a house and you think, Oh, this one will be great for entertaining. Oh, look at the backyard. Oh, look at this. Yep. And you, and then you move into it and you're like, I don't have time to entertain in this season. My backyard's mm-hmm. not going to be used for my kids right mm-hmm. now because they're doing all sorts of other things, you know? So I would also say if anybody's in that season of like searching for a house, think about what your needs are right now. It's very easy to be persuaded to look 10 years down the road. Um, and like for us, we don't know if this is, you know, if any home will ever be our forever home, you know, you right. just never know what life is going to swing at you. Um, but once you make that commitment to a house, you know, make sure you're doing it for all the right reasons in the right season. Uh, 
because we, we made decisions on a house for all the right, you know, seemingly right reasons. But once we moved in, we never used our house for the reasons yep. we thought we bought it for. Yeah, exactly. So I we've learned relate. a lot inventory at our time. We're saving money and spending time with the people that we love the most. Mm. That's a really great place to kind of bring this full circle because I think the more we can like put those things in perspective, the easier it is to make decisions. And mm-hmm. we, we have a 1200 square foot townhouse and it's a kitchen, dining room, living room combo on the main floor. It's a little cozy, but I love the coziness because I can, yeah. you know, we can be in the kitchen. We can, you know, hubby can be in the living room watching TV or vice versa. We have friends over. We don't have to have a lot of them. <laughs> over so oh we don't have room for this you know it's like we can't and there are times that we do miss that we miss being able to have like the big groups over but it's so comfortable but yet people are like well don't you guys get a little stir crazy no because of the design of ours it's like you come upstairs there's an my husband has his desk in the bedroom I have the office up here and so even if we are in the house together it doesn't feel like we're like walking all over each other. And even right. when the kids were home at Christmas time, you know, it's, yeah, it's a little cozy. Now I'm going to say this and I'm not telling you universe, I'm ready for this yet. When there's grandbabies around, it'll be a different story. I know that, <laughs> but I, I just know for right now, the happiness and the joy that we have felt by letting go mm-hmm. is worth every bit of money that we have spent to be in a little bit higher, you know, a little bit higher bracket of what would cost to live here. But the trade-offs have been beautiful because I actually know we're not spending as much money overall and the peace of mind and the less stress is worth it. It is so worth it. And when you uncloset yourself into those truths, life becomes a completely different ballgame. So Thank you so much, my friend, Ashley, for being here. You're and welcome. Your this was story. great. Yeah, this I loved thanks. it. It's such a good, it's such a good twist on, again, on the uncloseted story, which is what we always try to tell, even though this did start out as an LGBTQ podcast, and it is still very rooted in that, folks. You know that we bring those stories, and I talk about that stuff all the time. But I want you to also think about how your life can be so much different when you uncloset yourself to live just with what makes you the most happy, not what you think, as Ashley said, <laughs> the other stuff that letting go, in, letting go of other people's standards for you, yeah. which is really what, what the LGBTQ experience is too, is letting go of those standards. And there's so many parallels to the LGBTQ experience and everybody else in life. That's why we do this program. So thank you again, Ashley, for being here. Love your story. So glad we got connected. Thank and- you. And I'm not going to send any storms your way. I'll Thank let, you. you know, Mother Nature take care of all that stuff. But um, anyway, thanks again so much for being here this evening. We'll have everything so you can connect with Ashley, see what she's up to, and um, look forward to talking to you. Perfect. Hey, hey, Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about and you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, 
we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted and never stop stepping out, stepping up and stepping into living your life uncloseted.